On this episode of Star Wars Time Show, the Dubros get back to the ebb and flow of life without a major Star Wars film on the horizon. But fear not, they still have plenty to riff on, such as awesome new Mando Funko Pops. They'll also discuss the return of the Clone Wars on February 17, Nick's review of Kylo Ren number 1, and Nick's recipe for Star Wars movie success moving forward. They'll also dive into some new rumors about Star Wars Rebels, Project Luminous, and the High Republic era. Finally, they tackle the release the JJ Cut movement before moving on to everyone's favorite segment, the Top 5 Star Wars Fan Artist Features of the Week. Please cue that damn music. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Star Wars Time Show. And guess what? It is a primetime version. And we're probably going to be rolling primetime for the foreseeable future. You never know. Interviews, yeah, we'll sprinkle those in. But for now, we're probably going to be sticking to one show a week just because it's worked better for our lives. I think it's worked better for all of your lives, too. I mean, I know there's always time for Star Wars time, but sometimes there may be too much time for Star Wars time when it comes to Nick and I (laughs) and what we invest into this little show. But we're here, and as you heard, there's plenty to talk about. You might have thought, what are these two schmoes going to be discussing now that the Skywalker saga is over? Well, fear not. There is plenty to talk about, as you heard from the sexy but stupid announcer. All right, Nick. So you know, sometimes we sit here offline. We're like, "Oh, what are we gonna, what are we gonna do in 2020?" And you know, well, we're gonna cover Star Wars just like any other Star Wars fanboy team duo would do. And there's still plenty to cover. So let's go ahead and start with some new Funko Pops. And and honestly, dude, you know me. I mean, Haywood Pop. That's my handle on IG. That pop comes from somewhere. I, I used to be a diehard Funko Pop fan. It's, it's died off. But when I saw this new wave of Funko Pops based on The Mandalorian, I was like, oh, my God. I, I almost have to get back into this shit. Dude, the Flame Trooper one looks sick. I mean, that's our that's our featured image for this article on StarWarsTime.net. And, I mean, like, the way that they got the flame coming out looks fucking awesome. I mean, you got a cool-looking grief. You got heavy Mando. I mean, there's a ton of great fucking looking figures here. And it's not just, you know, Din Jaren, a.k.a. the Mandalorian himself. Like, all of the other figures <coughs> look really awesome. Yeah, they, they now that the, the season has ended, they're finally like, okay, we're going to start rolling out the, the wave with some of the rando characters. You got that, the Zero guys in there, random covert mando I love that they just came out and, and confirmed it. Not that anyone needed confirming, because it was confirmed by Star Wars time, but the, the Death Watch uh, Mandalorian figure, and then uh, some of the variants of Din himself. Uh, I, I like the one where he's shooting his flamethrower out, but uh, these are out there now. If you haven't already pre-ordered them, we got the pre-order links for you on StarWarsTime.net, so make sure to check that link out if you're still into the Funko. Uh, not going to lie, I, mean, I still look at these things, and they have... They have a charm to them, but they're just not charming enough to convince me to go back in headfirst. I'm going to stick with the expensive Barbies and the other little action figures I dabble in these days. So Mando Funko Pops, we got them for you, StarWarsTime.net. Beautiful. All right, moving on. I have to 
congratulate young Nick here. He actually, you know, didn't fully pay off on it because he didn't read it on release. But he's done it. He said he would do it on the last cast. Nick Caminita has read a Star Wars comic book. I did. And reviewed it for yeah. StarWarsTime.net. Look, we're here to create content for you guys. <laughs> and the one thing that... that I still <laughs> haven't even downloaded it. Dude, it's funny to me because the one piece of content the intern has done on StarWarsTime.net is the one thing that neither one of us has never done. And that was a comic book review until until this week. You got them now. Where I got it. Now me and the intern are tied in comic comic book reviews. <laughs> and um, I mean, I just real quickly here, because it's very easy to spoil a comic book since you're talking about, you know, one book and there's very little content to, to be covered. So I won't like go into too much detail here. But uh, Rise of Kylo Ren, for those of you who are looking for like expanded stories around these characters from Age of the Resistance... Uh, it's a great start. I mean, basically, um, it picks up right where the TLJ flashback left off. You see the, you know, you see Ben coming out of the the crashed hut, and then essentially all kind of, you know, basically hell breaks loose from there. Um, so, so the way that the the comic is kind of structured is you have a Ben Solo thread, and then you have a Knights of Ren thread. Um, so the way that this one broke out was you see Ben still at the Academy kind of processing what had just happened. Are the he, timelines the same for each one or we go in Witcher here? I finally finished it. So it's like, you know, I'm yeah. used to the various timelines and perspectives. Oh, yeah. The, the, the Witcher timelines fucking all over the place. But um, it's hard to tell, actually. I, I think that they may be running concurrently. Um, but. Uh, there is no like direct correlation or like timeline, um, you know, occurrence where you could kind of line up like, okay, we're going straight from Ben Solo yeah, and now yeah. we're checking in on the Rens. Um, but yeah, the Ben the Ben thread picks up right exactly where people would expect it to leave off, and the and the events that follow it are kind of, you know, I don't want to say they're you know expected, but they they follow a very you know reasonable pattern like. Ben encounters. Do you some think it? Do you? I, I guess I'll have to ask how you took it all in. But now that you know his full arc, are you finding reading this now to be a little more tragic than maybe if you read it before you watched the Rise of Skywalker? I mean, the beginning. I feel like I, I'm going to get that feeling a little bit more once some more of the the issues come out because the first one it was Ben's arc was very it was very vanilla. Like it was very expected. So you didn't really see anything that you're like, Oh man, if he would have just done this differently here, if you would have just done this, he's he's already kind of a little wonky. Yeah. Like he, the the way that I put it in the review is that he is, is he's in a frenzied state. He has no idea what the fuck just happened. Like his uncle just tried to kill him and he feels like he, he thinks he killed his uncle and he's just like losing his mind. He's like, Luke Skywalker's a fucking crazy person. He's terrible. You all need to get out of here. I, I see the truth. You know, when he's talking to his Jedi compatriots or his Jedi, you know, Academy compatriots. And then, you know, from there, he kind of jumps into the arms of the one person that's really been there for him for a majority of his life. And it's not his parents. It's it's Snoke. Like, you actually see... Uh, Clone buddy. Yeah. 
You, you see the meeting between Snoke and Kylo. Attack and of the Snokes, dude. Multiple Snokes. You see all three of them on stage. <laughs> but uh, so his arc was kind of expected. But the the Knights of the Ren Knights of Ren arc was actually pretty cool. Um, you get to see a little bit about their you know their recruitment efforts. Essentially, so do they talk? They do talk. So bonus. Because they didn't um, fucking talk at all in, in Tross. I'm just, I'm just like, what? Yeah. So I'm not sure if there's, you know, <laughs> if they just didn't get actual actors to play the Knights of Ren and they just had a bunch of stunt guys standing in. But in the comic book, there's definitely dialogue between the Knights of Ren. You get to see. Oh, you're, you're for damn sure that's probably what went down. Oh, yeah. It was. They, they were like, we're not going to hire people to sit in these suits. No, and not yeah. Why, why would you? I mean, they, they literally did nothing. Yeah. They just got cut down by by Kylo. I, I believe if season. you know if we would have gotten, we're gonna get there. Obviously, you heard about the whole JJ cut stuff, but you know, based on the leaks we read, it, it, we should have seen a bit of a scuffle with them and Chew, Chewbacca. Yes, and Chewie. There, we don't. I mean, it just literally goes like, okay, cut, soup. All right, he's cut, locked they got up. Him. He's going up on the ship. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of weird plot conveniences there, but. Yeah, you get to learn a little bit about their recruitment efforts, how they're trying to find new members for the group. You get to you get to uh, interact a little bit with the previous leader of the Knights of Ren, and then you basically find out in this and you know what the Ren is in Knights of Ren. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who wants to. Oh, read the comic, now but. I got it. Look, look at this guy. Now that is a tease. Yeah, so it's a very cool um storyline it's a very cool introduction to the knights of ren through this through this comic the way that i describe it's pretty the pictures are pretty i gave the art a nine out of ten are there there more pictures and words oh yeah oh yeah many more (laughs) pictures and words so i mean i I, i'm such a slug i mean the fact i can't even get in the comic books when all they are are pictures yeah is sad (laughs) and and i've had by the way people I'm, i'm literally going on my fourth week of break from my job that that pays well, so it's not like I'm a homeless person. I just, uh, you know, I'm a professor. This is academia for you. This is probably why people hate academics. Uh, but I've been off since the middle of December, and it's it's insane. And I, I still haven't read a damn fucking Star Wars comic book. Stir crazy, but this one I did worth build it. that big ass Lego set though. But that was you know it's over a week at this point. Now I'm just straight slothing it. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I mean, if you're gonna read one, just read this one. It's a it's a strong start, the way I put it. It's a strong start. To yeah, this, this I, I, and I think we all knew it would be. So I'm I'm glad you at least have taken the reins here, and I'm sure you'll be on top of issue two, which is probably dropping what not next week, but the week after, I'd imagine. Yeah, I think you usually get one issue release a month or something. Yeah, like on that, a so. Wednesday, it's typically a, a middle to third week Wednesday drop. So. So if we, if we'll we, see, but yep. uh, Nick will be, he'll be all over. Did you go digital or did you go standard? Digital, digital yeah, indeed. I, mean, I got the Marvel Comics app on the phone and that's, that's yeah. what I used. Yeah, buddy. All right. Rock and roll. So moving on to some other great news here with actual tangible stuff, not just rumors. You know, we, we, we're going to be talking about a lot of rumored stuff and that's pretty much what this show is going to consist of. Uh, more than likely, at least until we get more uh, official statements from Dizzy, which we probably won't get until, uh, what, Celebration this year. Yeah. Uh, but we've got a an official release date for the Clone Wars final season. It's going to be February 17th, 2020. I don't know if it was a mistake on Disney's part, Nick, but I think it was last Sunday or Monday. I can't remember the exact day. 
but they ran an ad on the you know the Disney Plus site on computers that had the date of February 17, and then it just uh, promptly disappeared. So, uh, but someone did grab a screenshot, and it's coming February 17. It's uh, I believe that's a Monday. It is going to be a weekly release cadence, just like The Mandalorian, and you would have to assume the episodes are only going to be about 22 to 23 minutes. Maybe they'll give us full on 30s. You never know, but uh, it, it's. It'll be here sooner than later. Yeah, I mean, it's super good that this is coming so quickly off the back of The Mandalorian. I mean, I know before this, we were kind of assuming we were going to get a Q1 date. We had heard February before, but we weren't locked into that. Um, but this just goes to show that the, the content train is going to keep running, and, and Disney Plus is going to be the spot to be for Star Wars content until 2022 when the movies come back around, so... Um, yeah, this is a nice little safety net for them to kind of catch some of the more casual Star Wars fans that might have just jumped on for Mando, but then they heard about this, like, okay, I'll stick around. Because I've seen other people on Twitter, you know, Hootsuite or whatever the fuck I use to congregate all these streams, but I, I've seen people like, oh, well, sweet, Mando ended in time for my three-month free trial, and this, that, and the other thing, and I'm out, I'll see you next season, and yeah. blah, 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 so... Uh, I, I mean, I still think for families like my kid, there, there's plenty of content on there for, for Charlie. She loves the shit. Oh, yeah. I know I know. Greg sent me a, a, a message on Facebook, and he's like, I think it was just a picture. It was like, canceling Disney Plus. Why? Mandalorian's over. I was like, dude, you got to stick with it. You, I don't know if it was him. Or oh, yeah. It was I, think it, I think it's a meme. Yeah. yeah. It's coming from Greg. Uh, poor Greg, but buddy, busted up his arm. He's living uh, in Australia, where the whole fucking place is burning down. I mean, it is not having a good time right no. now. So, if you're listening, man, hang in there. Hopefully, everyone's safe. That that that's listening from the land down under. But that yes. is a bummer. What's happening? Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if you knew this, Nick, but you know how globes and maps they they don't show the continents in proper scale. Yeah, Australia uh, is. It's like the size of America. Yeah, it's, I think it's either slightly bigger or the same, or around the same size. Yeah, it's it's a little bit smaller if you fit it all in, or it's it's you know it's, it's almost like if you just plopped a like a heart shaped apple in the middle of the country. Yeah. Uh, so pretty big place. Yeah, if it's coming from him, then I guarantee it's a meme. Yeah, that guy's a fucking jokester for real. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean you're you're right, dude. I've been you know watching you know episodes of Star Wars Rebels. If, we're, if I'm going to go back and watch the Death Watch arc of Clone Wars, it's all right there. My yeah, I'm not, I'm not, so I'm not going to make a full rewatch before the, the last season. It slightly bums me out, but doesn't, because I, I did a rewatch maybe a year or two ago. Yeah, you were uh, pretty you were pretty recent. Um, but I do, I'm not going to lie, I do want to do a chronological. I mean, it's something, this is posted on the official StarWars.com site. I mean, there is a, a guide to do a chronological watch of the Clone Wars, because whether you knew it or not, season one through five or whatever aren't in order in terms of the uh, the, the timeline no, i, I never did knew not that. knew that <laughs> yeah i, I didn't, didn't either <laughs> what the fuck i mean the fucking movie that kicked it all off dude that's not even technically the first thing really because that's where yeah. isn't that where ahsoka gets introduced to anakin and signed as his apprentice yeah i swear that's to god so i think weird. i think i have it uh saved here real quickly i can pull up but what a mind fuck uh, <laughs> yeah here we go right here and it's wow. like i said it's it's on it's officially on starwars.com uh what is the first episode yeah season 
two sixteen. It looks like. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then you go to season one sixteen, then the movie, then the season three, back to season one. So yeah, it's fun. That's why would you do that? But all right, well. I mean, it seemed to make cohesive sense when you're watching it, though. Like, if you just watch it in episodic release order, things still fit together pretty well. But I guess, you know, you weren't really following, like, a like an act structure in that show. You were just kind of seeing different events that were going on during the, you know. The I know. It's just I, I never it never quite clicked. But it's, it's a real deal thing. StarWars.com. Search it. I mean, it, it, it's they have it out there for you. I mean, there's 121 episodes to watch. Damn. Uh, <laughs> and the only thing that really truly goes in order because it just makes sense are the uh, the lost chapters. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, where that that fake season six, where it's just kind of random shit with a few few connected arcs but it didn't really uh, fill in what happened after season five with all the shit with ahsoka but that's what we're gonna get here starting february 17 so that's pretty uh sweet yeah uh all right so uh, speaking of future star wars and where things are going i mean obviously disney plus they're fleshing that thing out the slate's looking good we got cassian we got kenobi we know we got mando season two and probably uh, another season of cassian and we'd love for another season of Kenobi. You just never know on that. But what's going on with the films? I mean, honestly, what are they going to do? They, we, they had this plan. It's been blown up. That was with the Got Bros. They're, those guys are gone. Ryan Johnson, he's capitalizing on his success with Knives Out. Motherfucker's already writing a sequel with Daniel Craig confirmed. So who knows what his stuff is going to be, if it's ever going to be anything. It's clearly not going to be in the immediate future. So Nick kind of sat down over the past couple of days and then wrote up an, an awesome think piece on the future of, of Star Wars, more you know, in particular the, the, the film side of Star Wars, and how they can kind of almost reboot things. He calls it his Star Wars recipe for success in 2022 start from scratch yeah yeah and i mean you know as with any good recipe if you're not following it off of a fucking box that you bought from walmart you get your ingredients and you start from nothing you you put them all together you mix them up and then you make something that's unique and special and while i really enjoyed the sequel trilogy i mean tfa like matt and i were talking about it's probably always going to be in my top two or three star wars movies of all time i just truly love that movie tross even in you know, once we get to kind of the, the, the stuff out there about Tross now, in the, in the state that Tross is in, it's still a top five Star Wars movie for me. I really enjoyed it. Um, but for me, what really spells success for Star Wars in 2022 and beyond is just getting away from everything else. It is, is taking what you learned from the Star Wars that we know, the Skywalker saga, this, this entire 67 year in universe time you know plot thread and then putting it to the side and then saying okay you're saying even beyond what they did with mando where i mean mando technically if you just came in and knew nothing about the skywalker saga you'd still be like all right this is cool oh yeah yeah. but it is it is connected to that universe so you're talking 
Mando style or, or even beyond that? I'm talking no connection, yeah, like yeah. sever the ties. And I'm not saying that because I think that the content within that Skywalker saga time period is, is dried up. I just think that if you want to be able to do what you did, like if you want to take the same approach that you did with the sequel trilogy and, and then give a lot of different writers and directors an opportunity to build story, the best <clears throat> way to do that is with a blank slate. And, you know, it's and, some- and the MCU method of, of storytelling where they're not necessarily a trilogy connection, but there is a, a narrative thread that may just dabble between them all, but it still connects them all in the end. Yeah, exactly. So instead of having these trilogies that are that rely so heavily on the films that come before it. Just telling stories, like using your your movies to tell stories that interconnect to each other. And then I'm not saying you need to have, you know, Avengers style blowout movies every so often. But, you know, building up to something like that and then using that MCU method has proven successful for Disney in the past. And, um, you know, it's something that Ryan Johnson kind of hit on when he first started talking about his his trilogy, quote unquote, of movies that he is he's already been gifted from Disney is that they're going to be completely legacyless. And if there's anything that can be learned from, you know, what happened throughout the entirety of the of the Skywalker saga, it's that if you give good writers and good storytellers and open it like a wide enough canvas, they can tell really good stories. I mean, that's essentially what George Lucas did for, you know, almost 35 years like he he told yeah. really good stories with little yeah, to mean, no boundaries even, even even if you look at the prequels end result my opinion not great stories overall but you could see that he had grand ideas i, mm-hmm. I just disagree with some of the execution there yeah and it's it's some of the stuff we were talking about earlier with the with the new trilogy here i mean i, I really think having a cohesive vision when we're talking trilogies that is the, the writing i'm not even saying it has to be the same writer but that has to be a a cohesive this is the plot from start to finish you got to get from here to here and in between you got to hit this and this the other stuff go ahead do what you do what you got to do but these three movies have to tell this story and that's really not what we we ultimately got yeah. In in this this new trilogy, so yeah, and it's hard. And, and the it, MCU formula, as you said, would would break that that restriction. Yeah, it, it, and also just like if you're starting from scratch, it's easy to have grand ideas like George did, because George had no boundaries on what he could do. He it, could, exactly, there's he no could rules. make it all up. So like no rules. So when you know with JJ and Ryan coming in to finish this up. They have grand ideas, but they're kept inside of this like this box. They're like, okay, well, this well, grand hell, idea. Even the work. little rules they broke, look what it did. I mean, both both films you would have to say are probably, <laughs> which is nuts. That at this point, pe- people on the prequels are just more or less, yeah, they're just kind of blah, but whatever. They were blah. George made them. We can't sit there and light them on fire. Uh, uh, eight nine at this point dude it's essentially let's fucking stab these things to death and slit their throats yeah like you you have that division with each film i mean it flipped on tross from what it was on tlj tlj you had the high art crowd loving it where you had the so-called fans 
wanting to light it on fire, where this one now you have the high art crowd thinking it was just a, a disaster mess. But it looks like the fans have uh, much more enjoyed it than TLJ. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really weird conundrum. And, you know, another reason why I think, and this is kind of my final point on the starting from scratch part, there's one other thing I'm going to touch on, is that when you start from scratch, all these people who had problems with the sequel trilogy, they're gone. Like, you cannot hate on something that has no... Pre, like pre-established narrative uh, dude, come to build on. You're off. living in a dreamland, dude. This is 2020. Uh, yeah. We have social media. We have YouTube. We have the internet. It, it doesn't matter. Pete, there will be Star Wars trolls until there is no world left. You're right, it, but it I just, think it, you, you know it, man. I mean, I, I would love to buy into your star wars utopia we we all would i I think a majority of star wars fans would love to just get back to when star wars was fun it was fun to talk about it you didn't have to feel like you get you you had to debate somebody over your opinion on a fucking star wars movie i just i don't think it's ever gonna happen now It, it just can't civilization is fundamentally changed because of the the internet in good and bad ways and unfortunately the star wars fandom is in the bad category you're right but i think so here's i'll I'll put it a little bit better their issues cannot be hidden behind supposed displeasure with the story correct so So they'll they'll just keep the racist ones front and center yeah so like when somebody says they don't like it they can't say well i didn't like the way that that luke was portrayed or i didn't like what they did with this character because there is no establishment of character there is no establishment of narrative so if you don't like it and your reason for not liking it is based in either gender discrimination racial discrimination or anything like that you're front and center, and then people can just call you out on your bullshit. So, like, it's a lot easier, I mean, or it's a lot harder for these fandom menace people to hide behind narrative constraints than it will if you have no bearance on Yeah, you, you definitely anything. take that shield away, or yeah. that sword, if you will. Because um, even, I have always said that I want Old Republic movies, but even if you make Old Republic movies... Darth Revan and Malak, if you stick with those characters, Bastilla Shan, all of these iconic characters. Yeah, there, there's, there's preconceived notions yeah. of who they are and how they should be cast, what they should look like, how they should act. Yeah, so if you if you shift it one bit, if you make Bastilla Shan uh, a person of color, or if you make Darth Revan a woman instead of a man... People will lose their fucking minds. <laughs> yeah, dude. I bet right now there's some people, if they're listening, that they, they might have just ripped their tape deck <laughs> out of the radio out of their car and smashed it because you said you want Darth Revan to be a woman. It, it, it probably happened. <laughs> I mean. They're like, ah, <laughs> fucking Star Wars time shills. I hate those motherfuckers. But that's the danger. So if you if you just do like Ryan wants to do and you say, fuck this galaxy, not in a bad way, but like I want to take Star Wars and show that the 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 essence and the lifeblood of Star Wars can exist in a place that has never been explored before with characters that you've never heard of before. Then you take away all of that. If you're if you're if you're primary foil is a black woman people can't say well there's no female black foils in star wars uh you know preconceived anything like that or you know pre-written stuff it's like yeah of course not this is all brand new characters so this is who she is deal with it um so yeah that's that's kind of like my ideas on starting from scratch it it really reduces the risk that 
that Disney now looks at as, you know, what is old. Yeah, or, and you know, apparently th- that's all real based on this release, the JJ cut Reddit post where we're, we're going to kind of wrap the main discussion with here in a mm-hmm. few topics. It, it really looks like Disney as much as I was sitting there like, oh, they're not going to kowtow to fans and shit. Well, it seems like that was kind of their, their, their guiding mission with the rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um, I know we were talking about jumping right into the rebel sequel stuff, Nick, but I actually think, the 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 next Star Wars film rumors we got this week actually bookend nicely to your recipe for success for these films because as Nick said I mean he feels like they, they should kind of get away from things we got some rumors this week that are hinting at they're they're doing a hybrid of what Nick wants to do I mean it's not mm-hmm. fully what he wants to do it, it'd be uh, more similar to, to maybe diving into the old republic. So it, I'm gonna kind of, it's kind of split up into two things. We got some rumors on this Project Luminous thing uh, that should be on the radar of every Star Wars fan. If it's not, it should be. I'll briefly explain uh, what it is, at least, and what Disney has given us. And if Nick and I feel like it, maybe we can riff on it and, and explain what we think it may actually be in terms of the universe as well as this thing that uh, Jason Ward from MSW is calling the High Republic era which is going to be the prime setting for some of these new Star Wars stories all right Nick so yep. first up Project Luminous uh, I believe this was announced at our celebration just very casually lightly um, but uh, this site zero uh, kind of got their hooks into some deals, and, and they, they provided some insights into maybe what Luminous could be. Uh, so overall, like general broad stroke Project Luminous description, it's it's going to be a multimedia, multi-pronged multimedia effort to tell a, a more or less an MCU-style tale. So I'm talking comic books, that may have characters that also show up in actual books, that may show up in video games, that may show up in Disney+, Plus, in cartoons, and movies. Right, Nick? Yep. Uh, so that's kind of the, the general basis behind Project Luminous. That is the project. Is Project Luminous in-world? Who knows? Is it just the name that's the, the Star Wars brass has given us? Again, nobody knows. Uh, but what it's going to deal with, Nick, is... Again, an overarching story across various platforms, uh, but the main tales are going to be about a special group of Jedi who are tasked with going out and exploring the unknown regions, and these Jedi are each going to have a special, unique force skill of their own, and clearly they're, you know, they're going to have to use these skills together to defeat three distinct types of enemies they'll come across. We don't really know all of them, but we're, uh, the, this Zero site reported that one of these enemy types are said to be extremely powerful group of Sith entities. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This is supposed to kick off in 2020, but apparently the first true entry is going to be a video game in 2021. And as we said earlier during Nick's thing, this is where the whole MCU-like approach is going to start to be delivered. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's going to be movies or TV, but it's definitely going to be heavy, it sounds like, in games, comics, and the books. Yeah, the, the multimedia approach is definitely, you know, it lends itself to, like you said, kind of covering a span. Of I like things. it. I mean, for someone that is a lazy ass with the other media that, that Star Wars is in, this, to me, is motivation because, 
I've always said it. I am a lore freak. I that's why I love this fake stuff, fantasy or sci-fi. I, I love the lore. Why is this world the way it is? It's not so much, yes, I love the movies. I love Star Wars, all that. I loved each movie in, in its own right, even Attack of the Clones. But I'm always sitting there going like, okay, well, why is this world the way it is? Yeah. What's, you know what I mean? You know, give context to something else. Where did this come from? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, th- th- this type of stuff should motivate me to, all right, if I'm playing a character in a video game and I come to love him or her and they're going to show up in a comic book arc, hopefully there's motivation to go do that. And then their story is going to continue in a Disney Plus series or a movie. That That's the type of stuff that this Luminous is sounding like. Yeah. And kind of the tie into that, Nick, is the reveal from MSW that apparently the, the, the Luminous projects uh and possibly even some of the films uh, in the timeline that nick was talking about 2022 and beyond are going to be set in something called the high republic era which is described as a golden age of sorts for the galaxy sith are thought to be just gone extinct although we know clearly the rule of two is still in effect and jedi are truly peacekeepers at this point in time yoda will be in the mix, serving on the council. It doesn't sound like he is the Grand Master or even a Jedi Master. Oh, yeah, he would be a Jedi yeah, Master a Jedi if he's Master. on the council. Uh, but it's not known if he's going to be involved in the Project Luminous Jedi group I talked about earlier, like this group of uh, each has a special four skill. Um, MSW also clarified that the films in this era are part of the Project Luminous. Just want to go over that again. So they're not going to be true trilogy type of movies which is like i said the hybrid version of what nick would like with the films in 22 and beyond uh but it will follow that that mcu model like okay well here's a movie we just met this character oh maybe there's a stinger to set up a next movie we're going to meet another character and then this another character all right we've met all the jedi and all the bad guys now we're going to have a fucking infinity war star wars style yeah it's so i mean the way that i take it is that you know you mentioned a group of jedi exploring the unknown regions like you know you may have that as your intro like you have these three jedi they're tasked with with exploring the unknown regions, but each one has a different place they're going. And then that leads into each of the three separate movies that are being made that are interconnected, but not necessarily a trilogy, which would also lend itself to them having different powers and them encountering different types of enemies because they're exploring different regions of the unknown uh, of the unknown space and everything yeah, it, like that. it seems the unknown regions is going to dominate a lot of future Star Wars storytelling, and there's a reason for that. And hell, it's in the name itself. They are the unknown regions. It's really unscripted at this point. Outside of what the Rise of Skywalker has given us, uh, Star Wars Resistance has given us, uh, some of the books clearly have given us with Thrawn and whatnot, but that's it. I mean, the, the, the Unknown Regions is wide open, and it sounds like this, this is where this High Republic era, although, you know, if we're going to be set in this era, you're clearly going to get some action in the core galaxy, you know, the inner rim planets, the Coruscants, yep. this, that, and the other thing. Um, I still think it's odd we didn't see a Coruscant in this new trilogy at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they basically... I know the New Republic wasn't set there, but still. I mean, yeah, you didn't even get, like, a passing view of it. I mean, 
but this project luminous to me the first thing that i think about is brand saturation because that's what they're doing they're saturating every part of media to essentially build what is going to be the next quote unquote skywalker saga like even though it's right. not going to be structured the same way what is happening here with project luminous is meant to be the next era of star wars like skywalker saga was a 3 it was a 3 3 act structure you had three trilogies telling three different stories over three different periods of time that all connected together through lineage and now project luminous is essentially a new version of that except without the connected lineage that runs through the entirety of the nine movies or you know that would be in in skywalker saga and by doing if you're doing this with video games comic books with novels with tv shows with movies like you are saturating the landscape, the Star Wars landscape, with this material. So instead of... I mean, if done right, dude, this is MCU 2.0 because oh, the yeah. MCU still mostly stuck its core narratives in the movies. Nothing yep. else. Yeah, there were, there was video games based on stuff and comics based on stuff, but it's not like the, the stories bled into each other and you kind of had to know the other stuff and... The way that this has at least been reported by Zero and, and MSW, it, it, I mean, it sounds like if you really want to be in the know with these these luminous projects, you are going to have to have bounce throughout these different forms of media. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to play the games. You have to read the comics, the novels, watch the TV series. But I like this approach because the one I just, thing i mean i don't know how how much then the movies they would tie then cuz you still got to think that yes there there's people like you and i there's people that listen to star wars time show but that that's us is are there those type of people out there that could go to a movie that's tied to this luminous project and still fully enjoy it and fully understand the world without buying a 60 dollar video game or uh, subscribing to a comic book subscription or buying five novels that take a month to read. Yeah, I mean, I imagine that that the people who are orchestrating this whole thing know that your primary source of storytelling has to be through the movies, and then everything that everything else that you do is ancillary. So, yeah, like, stri- like cherries and 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 lore cherries. Is what, yeah. that's what we'll call them. It's like, for example, you know. There's a there's a a lot of Star Wars canon novels out now. In fact, there is there's a novel that that bridges the gap between eight and nine between TLJ and Tross Resistance right. Reborn. Which my was fat like, ass will never read that shit. Yeah, but like that features main characters. It features Poe, features Ray, features Finn. All I'm of such these, an asshole. <laughs> like like I just sit here. I'm like I love lore, and then I essentially refuse to add. To to the lore yeah but they know that you're gonna do that they know that there's a ton of matt haywoods out there who are not gonna fucking read anything that has words and not pictures so yeah they'll so that's what it'll be like the at least the ancillary content that is not films is going to be it's gonna be additional things that don't that don't necessarily require film watchers to know but not but like you know the, the other people who read it, the comic book readers, the novel readers, the game players will get the extra enjoyment from it. So they'll see the movie and they'll say like, oh man, that's really cool. That was in the game that I played. 
this is how this ties to here. And oh yeah, like yeah, that. I love the, I love those moments. So and just like even watching The Witcher, I know it's excuse me, I know it's based on comic the books. novel. It's Not, like, yeah, my, novels, my yeah. ass. I mean, it's clearly. I mean, just the look of Geralt is dead on fucking the video game. Yeah. But either I, way, the fact that I, that I played the game and just hearing some of the lands, some of the kingdoms, and even some of the characters, you know, obviously Triss and Siri. I think Stregobor was one. Yeah. Uh, I believe Yaskier's name translated was Dandelion, which is the fucking homeboy singer in the game. Yeah. Uh, obviously Yennefer and Siri. so... Yeah, obviously, th- those moments are, are – that's why we do what we do, like you said. I mean, that, that's why we put in the time and the effort to <laughs> to waste time to read in our lives to study this shit <laughs> so we can have those moments when we're watching something with other people and we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, and they look at us like, what the, the fuck's fuck wrong is, with this? Yeah, yeah like, why <laughs> am I with this person? Why am I friends with them? Why am, why am I uh, their lover? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like we I mean, have problems, but we love it. I, I I like this idea. I like the, the concept here. Now, the second part of it, Project Luminous, I love. Let's make that very clear. The second part of it kind of, like you mentioned, is not... Well, yeah, it, it, that's what I mean. It's a, it's a hybrid of your idea, because if, if we're going the High Republic era, it's still... Especially with Yoda Boy. I mean, it could be... Th- I, th- I think they said, what, 400 years prior to the start of the Skywalker saga. So the yeah. Phantom Menace. Yeah. So Yoda has been trained. Cause at the end of ROTJ is like, I've been training Jedi for 900 years. So at that point he's only been training Jedi for 500 years. Like, so Yoda, like it's, I'm not going to say it's dangerous because it's not like you've gone far enough back to where it, he's really the only character that yeah. could be in it that we would know. Yeah. The only other thing that they could do to really fuck shit up is like Darth Bane was like if you if you bring him in he's now canon like Darth Bane was canonized in the animated series so he can he can be in stuff. Well, yeah the rule too is is in effect so yeah. you would think there would be mention or not mentioned because they don't know they're around literally the, the, the Jedi did not know the Sith were around for 400 years yeah i mean until the phantom menace that's literally what it is it's like who what's going on oh my god the sith have revealed themselves what the fuck yeah i mean so it's it's far enough away to where they can't possibly lean on content that we've already seen there's no way that you can reference 400 year in the future content so star walkers like skywalker saga references or or like so i mean it it is a it is a true hybrid of your dream Mm -hmm. like because yoda and and coruscant and maybe even the jedi temple would be the only things they would you know obviously have to make as content correct as possible outside of that the the senate could look completely different i mean coruscant could operate differently i mean we're talking 400 years yeah I'm just I was just like I'm I'm on board with it like I I like the decision because I feel like if you go my way like if you do what I want to do it'll completely disconnect some people like you know casual oh, yeah, casual fans like people who who like Star well, Wars Well I, I would equate like it that. to me in in Star Trek big fan of Star Trek movies Real, real big fan of Next Generation, but you know some of the the series that that's trickled out after that is just like, yeah, hey, fuck, who cares? 
Yeah, it's like people will literally look at it and be like, I don't know these characters. It starts getting too fringe out. Right. It's, yeah. it's like, okay, well, it's the Enterprise 5000, or it's not even the Enterprise anymore. It's Deep Space Nine. It's a space station. Yeah. Uh, so, I yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, obviously, you and I will be sitting here drooling for it and, and jerking ourselves off like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Ah, oh, yeah, more <laughs> Star Wars. Uh, but that's not everybody, clearly. Yeah. So, I mean, I like it. I think that they that they need to be careful, obviously, because um, you are still dealing with familiar properties, like, you know, familiar planets, one familiar character at the very least. I mean, we don't know, you know, lifespans of these other alien races that are on the Jedi Council, so could we see ki Mundi again? I don't know. I don't know how old that motherfucker was. What if like, Yoda is, like, in his prime prime and he doesn't have his fucking cane? What if he's got, like, brown hair? Yeah, like, yeah, darker <laughs> hair or, or, or shit's, like, his tunic's a little darker. Maybe he's not even wearing a robe. He, Yoda's more, like, whipping, ninja looking. He's whipping a stash, too. Just a mustache, not yeah, a yeah, beard. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Fu Manchu. <laughs> like, no, I mean, I think it could be... I think that this is just enough to give people that are casual I, I hope this isn't a knee-jerk to the baby Yoda craze where Bob fucking Iger is like, oh my God, they love fucking Yodas. Let's make Yoda everything. Yeah, I, I do hope that one of the main characters is not Yoda, though. Like, if they make it to where you do have this group of Jedi and Yoda's one of them, big mistake. Like, you can't do that. No, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I would rather Yoda be... Uh, ancillary like just okay yeah yoda's in this universe he's on the council he can do some shit but maybe just like the prequels he mostly just sits his little ass there and does nothing yeah i mean you can show him in a similar way that you did in like aotc where or like early aotc where like he's training jedi still we know he was doing that that era so like maybe one of these jedi that's going out is an apprentice of Yoda or was a Jedi Knight that was trained under Yoda and Yoda kind of gives him some guidance before he gets out on the, on the fucking, you know, the ship and goes out there. But I don't think you can lean on him as a crutch. Um, but I do like, it. I like the idea. What I'm not a huge fan of is that there isn't, I want to see what they do to build conflict in this galaxy. Because one thing that I mentioned to my friend when I was kind of spitballing was, man, it would be really interesting to see Star Wars movies that didn't rely on a war because we've never seen one. Like every Star Wars movie we've ever seen is in conflict. Like prequel era, the first 25 minutes of that fucking move of TPM, there's no war after that. War's going on the whole fucking way until the end of Tross. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do and how they implement new characters to build conflict and to to bring us into an era of Star Wars where you're not constantly in conflict with another entity. It's not like Rebellion versus the Empire or fucking CIS versus Republic. It's going to be a completely new thing that we've never experienced before. I'm all for it. I I don't know how all for it other people are because when new things are tried it's like yeah but like you said get away from the skywalker and you just never know what could happen so uh moving on to another rumor and this one gets me excited and it's one that i don't think is too far-fetched we just don't know if some of the details behind it are legit but uh, we got 
some details, and uh, maybe it's a leak, whatever you want to call it, about a sequel to Star Wars Rebels. And yay, it's like no shit. Uh, Nick and I, we, we've talked about this in the past. I mean, uh, the characters of Ezra and Thrawn in particular are too huge to just leave their fates open-ended. And, and that's how things ended in Rebels. Spoiler alert, late style. So, I mean, it it really doesn't surprise me that these types of rumors are floating around. Like I said, it won't surprise me if this is a reality, Nick. But we did get some details there. This comes uh, via Reddit naturally, as as all things do. Uh, But if if any of this stuff is true, and again, we're taking it with big grains of salt here, which is an oxymoron, I like what I'm reading. So, Mm -hmm. season one of this Rebels sequel, main focus is clearly going to be on Ahsoka and Sabine getting ready, prepping themselves, or even heading out to the unknown regions to search for Ezra. Uh, but within the same season, clearly we're, there's going to be multiple arcs will follow. And Ezra and Thrawn will be another one. And they'll kind of be allies at this point in time. And they'll be linking up with Thrawn's um, homeworld, essentially. The Chiss Ascendancy. And it sounds like they're going to be going to his home planet. So this is exactly what I would want to see, which is why I'm a little skeptical. I mean, it's even labeled wild rumor on star Wars leaks. So there, there really is no validity to this outside of just common sense that they would make another series to show what happened to those two main characters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is again, like this is Captain like Filoni's wet dream. Like, <laughs> like all of the content that's coming out on Disney Plus is basically they're just telling Dave Filoni, I'm sorry that George was kind of weird to you with all of your other content. I'm sorry that you lost the end of Clone Wars. We're going to let you do whatever the fuck you want now. So, like, yeah, you- I mean, it should just be called Dave and John F- Plus at this point in time. Yeah. Like, just, just drop Disney Plus and just let those two program at least the Star Wars channel. What I think is really interesting about this and, and, and people who are who enjoyed the Old Republic games, you know, the, the Old Republic MMO would enjoy is they mentioned the Rakata Empire. Um, that was something like ancient force users, like th- this being brought into um, this, you know, this series. Yeah, apparently cool. Ezra, Ezra's going to link up with the last member of that species, Nick. And he is a he is powerful, force-sensitive. He used to be a warrior, but a cruel tyrant. And, you know, he's kind of... So he's going to be morally gray influence on Ezra, which he kind of got from Maul at, at one point in time. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it, the, the source here, the, the people that leaked this, they're thinking that this Ricotta character could become a a fan favorite of sorts, a Babu Frick. A Babu Frick. I mean, they look, if they keep the design style from the games, they oh, look I had to look weird. it up. They look fucking wonky as hell. And there, there's one in the the Geonosian Arena fight. Yeah. They, I, they, that's what I used in the, in the video I did for this, which you can check out on StarWarsTime.net or YouTube.com slash StarWarsTimeShow. What, what I think is interesting here is we're getting, here's a link that I think would be really fucking cool, but it would require them to do something that they've never done before. And they've never really had the opportunity to do. If Luke Skywalker 
is is here in this time period and he's not on acto yet he could be brought into this series in a big way like you could have a a legit version a legit animated version well, of Luke Skywalker. yeah i mean and you could do it smart too because we learn in tross spoiler that homeboy and in lando i mean it seems like luke and how that was even in teased in battlefront 2's campaign after Looking. Return of the Jedi, I mean, Luke made his mission to learn as much as as much as he could about the Force. Yeah, uh, by by looking for relics of both Jedi and Sith. I mean, he he was on Pasana with Lando, looking for that dagger. Yeah, looking for uh, Ochi. I mean, all that shit is canon now. So, yeah, Luke was out looking for stuff he was trying to find the unknown regions so yeah dude that would be fucking fantastic it would be awesome and it would make complete narrative sense at this point in time thanks to the rise of skywalker yeah and i mean look luke skywalker definitely knows of ahsoka tano he also definitely knows of ezra bridger so like you have two prominent former jedi that are still mulling about in this galaxy, and Luke is starting up his Jedi Academy at this time. He's either trying to recruit Ahsoka to join him, or he's telling her, like, hey, if you're going out to the Unknown Regions to find this Ezra guy, look, like, tell me all that you know about it. Like, tell me what you find out, and if you find him, bring him back, and we can we can start this whole Jedi Academy, this whole Jedi way together. Well, like, even that, he could be like, yo, dude, the Emperor could be out there. there. There's this Exegol planet. I'm looking. This is supposed to be like a mega Sith world that we need to eradicate. I mean, he, he could be just probing sharing. him for that type of information. Yeah, like just a lot of information sharing. Like Luke Skywalker could be used to fantastic effect in this series. And I don't. I know that this is the most unlikely thing ever, but I mean, Mark Hamill is a very accomplished voice actor. Oh, I was, I was going to say, dude, it would be, it would be too perfect. Uh, I mean, his voice, I think is a little more gravelly than it was when, when he was younger Luke. Uh, but yeah, dude, I, I was, as you were talking, I was just sitting there. I was like, God, oh, I mean, they, yeah, they could totally do it. I mean, there, there is an animated Luke. I, he's, they, they put him in forces of destiny. So at this oh. point it's fair game. Uh, yeah. So you could do it. Hell, I mean, there's animated Luke in the in the Lego in the uh, Freemaker Adventure, shit like that. So uh, I believe he's he's open to be animated in this style. I mean, Leia was in fucking Rebels. Why Leia, not Luke? Yeah. I mean, he's not that big of a sacred cow for Christ's sake. Yeah. So I mean, I just think that with these characters in this, era, I wasn't even thinking period, about that, man. That brilliant one there, brilliant. I mean, it's, brilliant. It's just it's an easy pull. It's an easy pull, but. Yeah, dude, I mean, again, like this, and I don't know if we mentioned this, but the the release window here on this leak is supposed to be late 2020, which so, is Yeah, that, that's where I'm like, eh, that, that's where shit's a little, a little shady, but you never know, because that's kind of how Resistance released, you know, it was like, all right. Oh, yeah, by the way, we're launching a new cartoon series in a couple months. It's yeah, like, okay, yeah. And here it is. So, but as I said in, in my, my rumor video, or just kind of speculating on this stuff, if this is legit, we'll, we'll hear something at Celebration. But I'm starting to think now, is Celebration in August this year? I don't know. Last year it was early because it was March. It was it was in April. Yeah. And that's what it's usually been. But for some reason, I believe they moved this one to August. Let's see. I, I should, probably should have typed in Star Wars Celebration. But, yeah, it's August 27th to 30th. Yeah, so... 
unless they're just going to just do a casual reveal for this, I don't know, man. That 2020 seems suspect. I mean, you got to figure you're, if you do three pressers, if you do three press conferences like you did for, for 2019, then they got to be taken up by something. We assume one of them's probably going to be Cassian. Let's let's kind of oh, say yeah, that. easy. Yeah, it has and to. And then be. one of them will be yeah, you, Mando. You'll you'll get some Mando shit. You'll yeah. get Mando season two stuff. And then the third one is kind of up in the air. I mean, we have this rumor about Project Luminous video game twenty twenty one. Like that could get a whole presser. Or if you have this, you know, this new series, this Star Wars Rebels follow up, like that could also get its own press conference. So. um especially considering that this doesn't seem like it's going to be a one season type of deal. Like this seems like, Oh yeah. Stretch. I mean, the, the, the leak had, Oh yeah. Season one, a season two, it even threw out. Oh yeah. By the way, while this show will dabble in some of the new Republic politics, this, that, and the other thing, there's a whole other show they're working on. That's just going to be focused on the new Republic and its inner workings and maybe ultimately why it, it failed. So, uh, as I said, at the lead of this topic, a sequel to Rebels to me is a no-brainer. Now, in terms of it coming out this year, to me that seems very suspect. In terms of the content, it just it seems natural, so maybe it's too good to be true. Uh, but I, I believe, as we've said in the past, there's no way Filoni's leaving these motherfuckers arcs up in the air. I even believe after Tross came out and we got the ending and the reveal that Ahsoka was doing a voice, which implied that, okay, well, she's gone. Yeah. That he, he sent out a tweet that was, hinted at, at maybe we'll get the full story dude, at some point. It was, it was a perfect tweet. It was a picture of, it was a, it was a hand-drawn picture and it was Gandalf standing next to Ahsoka oh, and yeah. Gandalf is saying they thought I was dead too. And yeah, Ahsoka's just kind of, kind of like smirking and looking up at him. The white wizard. Yeah. So, I mean, like, dude, it, I feel like, I don't want to say that, like, you know, that was any sort of hint at it from Filoni, but like, you know, that is, it's really I think that's me. That's to me. That's him saying like, nah, don't worry. Her, her, there's still more Ahsoka stories to be told. Oh, yeah. So. Even if she is dead by the time Tross comes around, which, I mean, age-wise, she would have been old. Yeah, right? I don't I mean, know Tagruda lifespans off the top yeah, of my Yeah, I mean, she head. would have been old, old. Not emperor old, but up there. I mean, well up there. I mean, yeah, because she was, I mean, she was a probably teenager when Clone 80s, Wars. 80s, right? The, the entire timeline of of the Skywalker saga from start of TPM to end of Tross is 67 years. So you figure... She's got to right, be. I, in her believe, 60s, 70s. I, I believe TFA was 38 after Jedi. Yeah. And she would have been old in Jedi. I mean, you got to remember this. She is a Clone Wars heir. She's an Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. So era. if you figure she was 15 years old, AOTC time, AOTC to, to, to Rots is pretty quick. I think it's only two or three two years. Two years, if that. Yeah. So say she's a teen at 18 at the end of... Yeah, by the end of Clone Wars, she's 18, 19. Yeah. So then you bring that... So she's, what, 30, mid-30s by the time A&H rolls around. A New Hope to... Um, 
A New Hope to Return of the Jedi is only six years, so she's in her forties. Then you got a thirty-eight. Yeah, like, like I said, 30, about eighty. She's, yeah, she's she's old. She's old as fuck. So, but then again, like I said, with these fucking alien races, you have no idea what their lifespans are. I mean, I can. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, fuck, we got a fifty-year-old fucking baby Yoda. Yeah, the baby is fifty. So. Um, I don't know if I like. I'm not going to search Tagruda lifespans right yeah, here on this fine. podcast. Yeah, that's fine. We don't need to get <laughs> we don't need to get there yet. I mean, we don't even know if this is real. But once it gets real, yes, we will have to start doing some science on this shit. But either way, I I would say go ahead and expect this Rebels story to continue. I just don't know if it's dropping this year. Uh, but but we shall see. You never know. I mean, if, if Disney's feeling sorry for itself, it could just go one day like, oh, hey, yeah, we're doing Rebels. And then a bunch of people are like, yay, we love you. While some people are like, yeah, we fucking hate you. I hope you die. Yep. But as we said, that is Star Wars these days. Oof, the unfortunate circumstance. Yeah. <laughs> and moving on to fun Star Wars, the big just, one here. And, the... and this is something, obviously... If if you're like Nick and I, or hell, I mean, these days, even if you're just on social media, you've, you've probably heard about this buzz. Uh, it started up a few days ago based on a Reddit post in the saltier than crate thread. Yeah. Uh, which I believe is known for people that work on Star Wars to come and bitch about it. I, I, I think that's the gist of the board. Or is it just for fans to bitch about Star Wars? Either way. Uh, there was this massive post about apparently what went on behind the scenes with Tross and how Disney treated J.J. Abrams and how uh, essentially the movie we got on December 20th was not the movie he thought he cut together and turned over to Disney for distribution. Yeah. I will preface this by saying that one of my friends sent me this Reddit thread and this is before it started getting picked up a lot of places. It was early on. I read it and I was like, man, this sounds kind of off. Like it doesn't seem like it's legit. And then we got some, then we started getting verifications. We got Dominic Monaghan saying some stuff and then we got other people saying some stuff. And it turns out like probably we don't have any sort of hard confirmation on any of this stuff, but like, this is looking truer and truer. As yeah, there, this is a passes. clear where there's smoke, there's fire type of situation. I mean, I think some of the bullet points in this thread, and, and we're not going to go over all of them. I mean, Nick, Nick will have it linked for you in the cast post here, Cast 91, if you want to go check it out. But, but as I said to Nick earlier, they've also added an edit and updated the leak with uh, some clarifications and more source verification, as well as a statement from the source. Uh, and the source thinks it's funny that everyone's just kind of discounting this stuff and thinking it's bullshit or tinfoil hat type of things. You, you just you really don't know anymore. But some legit shit has made its way to Reddit for Disney Star Wars. I mean, fuck, I knew the whole goddamn movie. Yeah, but I say Literally. the entire script leaked. So. The whole goddamn movie I knew going into it. So let's be real. Let's not sit here and pretend that some of this stuff can't be legit. Uh, but as I said, the, the the main gist is that Disney fucked over J.J. Abrams for one reason or another. Uh, it was either wanting to stick to the December 20th date and Bob Iger not wanting to move from that, even though it meant J.J. had three less months to work on a Star Wars movie than he did with TFA. Uh, it, that there's theories in here, there's bullet points that this was a concerted plan by Disney to make J.J. look bad with this sloppy cut. 
Uh, let's be honest. You know, Nick and I, we, we've said we really enjoy Tross, but if you listen to our initial podcast, our reaction spoiler cast of our first viewing or two, there are statements thrown out by both of us like, oh, yeah, well, the first 45 minutes, the first hour, and you're starting, you're going like, okay, guys, the movie's only two hours and 20 minutes. You're telling me the first hour is a little wonky. I mean, yeah. is that a sign of a, of a well-made, well-edited, good film? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of these bullet points are, are hinting that J.J. was kind of forced into this, and maybe he didn't even produce this final cut we saw. Yeah, I mean, apparently, from what we've, you know, what these, you know, leaks say, the final cut that J.J. turned over was the two-hour and 37-minute cut that we all, that we reported on, that, you know. Which, apparently, he wanted it to be a three-hour and two-minute cut, but they wouldn't let him shoot certain scenes, so, yeah, it got down to 237. Yeah, so he was like, if I need to cut it, this is my cut, the two hour and 37 minute cut. That's what was seen on the, you know, the pre-order sites and the, and the, you know, the movie ticket consoles and stuff like that. When you saw that runtime, that was the two hour and 37 minute cut that JJ handed over. I don't know who the fuck edited it after he handed it over, but it got down to two hours and 22 minutes, which is the runtime now. And when JJ saw it, he was pretty fucking pissed. Like, yeah, so apparently there was just demands from Disney on the story. They had to change it that altered things, that altered his vision. Uh, you know, he like I said, he wanted to do some s- scenes that he thought were crucial, uh, but Disney would shut it down due to money. Uh, you remember we reported this, the ending that will blow your mind. I believe that was Kevin Smith that talked about this. Yeah. And this was the, the deal where we were supposed to see Hayden, you, and Sam, you know, Pretty much any character that wasn't animated was supposed to be on set uh, voicing that and actually helping Ray. They were going to be almost like a forced ghost barrier between her and the Sith. Uh, but apparently that was cut because of China and a certain shade of blue for the force ghosts. Uh, I mean, who knows if that's true. But again, that, just, that scene was cut. And we've heard about this multiple times now that that scene was supposed to be in there, but it was Mm -hmm. cut for one or another reason, ultimately screwing his vision. Uh, The source said that J.J. at some point, who doesn't yell, screamed out in a meeting, why don't you just put directed and written by Lucasfilm then in a meeting? So, uh, again, is this shit true? Who knows? You just don't know. I mean, I talked to my, my stunt buddy who's been in Hollywood for over a decade now, been involved in big projects, big movies. And he's like, dude, I could totally see all this being true. I mean, it just, it'd be like me being on set, being pissed off, or feeling like my dude got fucked over and leaking shit out. Yeah. I mean, from the, from my, my big takeaway here is that this was all Bob Iger fearing. Yeah. The fly now, that was a Disney demand, and it was one of J.J.'s least favorite th- uh, scenes. See, like, it's uh, that, that... I, I guess when he was interviewed, Nick, I didn't see this, but I guess when he was interviewed and someone asked him about the criticism, he replied, you're right. Okay, but wait. See, like, this is where it gets really... really it kind of pisses me off, because they selectively use things, and, and, and they don't give the additional context as to what was actually said. So... JJ, most likely when he said, you're right in an interview, when they asked him about trust criticism, that wasn't an interview. That was a Q&A with an entire theater full of people. There's a video of it online. You can see it. He said, somebody said, you know, they asked him about the criticisms about Tross. And he said, you know, 
they're right. And then there, and then he also said, he went on to say, and the people who love it, they're right too. And then the rest of the quote is something like, we knew when we were making this movie that there was no way we were going to make everybody happy and that decisions that we made were going to piss some people off or like, you know, make some people unhappy with the, the direction of the story. And we were okay with that because we've realized that we have to tell our story and not the story that everybody wants us to tell. So like that whole part there is just like completely taken out of context to make it seem like this dude is making a point that is in line with JJ Abrams. That is like that one also like the other one that I will say makes no sense is the fly now one. This guy calls out, they want to have things for merchandising. They fly now is on no merchandise at all. It's not out there. Like, so I don't know if they plan on releasing it in the future. It's not all merchandise. So that part is just completely false. Like yeah, I mean who knows. But it didn't it didn't seem like a JJ line to me. I mean, I wasn't offended by it like some people, but it didn't seem like it's something JJ'd be like, "Oh yeah, this is this will go over well." Yeah, I mean, I can see why like I don't know why they would want to fucking put that in in particular, but I can see what they like I can see the 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 reason behind things like having marketable lines in the movie. Like, yeah. I'm sure that a lot of producers and studios yeah, do so that. anyways, I mean, the good stuff here. Early cut November, three hours, two minutes. Okay, well, there's a lot of shit on the floor. Uh, you know, JJ, I guess, last January was like, yo, can we do two films? That was way before Terrio even put it out there in an interview uh, just last week, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, again, like I said, there, there's a lot of smoke. A lot of it's probably bullshit, but there's been corroboration by other people heavily oh, yeah. involved in this process in, in legit publications that aren't called Reddit. Uh, you know, over basically a nine-month period, J.J. was realizing that one by one, his ideas and scenes were being trashed, thrown out, or completely altered by, quote, people that have no business meddling with the creative. So like Nick said, uh, think Bob Iger, think other dudes in suits. Um, don't try to put all the blame on Kathleen, but trust me, Kathleen has a lot of blame for this trilogy too. Her and Bob have a ton of blame, but in the end, Bob controls the fucking purse. Yep. He is the bank keeper. He makes all the decisions, and it sounds like he's making way more decisions than a CEO of Disney should be making it when it comes like to he, art. He almost has, the way that this sounds, it sounds like Bob Iger's got final cut. Like which? Well, hey, dude, he confirmed as much when he was talking about how he watches. He watched each episode of The Mandalorian three times: once to see the first cut, second to see if they incorporated any of his notes, and the third time just to enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, the it's guy. Like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, the guy is a complete narcissist. That's pretty clear. Um, but the fact that that he has gone to the lengths that he has gone to, to I mean, you know, to do what he did to Tross is just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like this last point here, um, they were not on the same page when it came to creative decisions and it became obvious that Disney had an agenda in addition to wanting to please shareholders. Disney could quote, afford messing up nine for the sake of the bigger picture when it came to protecting things unrelated to nine. So like they, from what it sounded like Iger, and this is Disney, this isn't Lucasfilm. Like, I don't know what Kathleen's, involvement is once you get outside of the Lucasfilm sphere 
But it sounded like Disney she's was like still way under the branches from where Bob's at. Oh yeah, like she's you know way down there, and you know it it seems pretty clear that Disney was like, look, we now know like we have other properties. The only the one thing that we don't want to do is burn it down completely. So the what I really think happened here is they were scared. Like Bob in particular was scared that if you make this end game length, then you lose the audience. And he really well, just, Yeah, you're saying if it's that long to start with and it's as divisive as TLJ we're, we might get one weekend or two weekends. Yeah, we'll win them, but then we're not going to get that repeat business. Which, yeah. The guy is still, he's, he's a pussy. He should trust the Star Wars brand. And just look at what people did with Endgame. I mean, I saw Endgame four fucking times in theaters. and It's a three-hour movie, and it's a Marvel movie. It's not Star Wars. I don't nearly have the connection to Marvel that I do to Star Wars, but it's a damn good movie. And I like watching it on a big fucking screen. Yeah, and 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 look, like, I just I I, I don't. The, under- the one thing I won't get like from these people, some of these people, I, I highly doubt Disney would make a concerted effort to try to tank a movie. No, yeah, uh, because in the end, they're not going to take their investment and flush it down the toilet. Yeah, like there's no, there's zero chance that. They went into it with malicious intentions towards JJ, which is kind of like actually the rumors kind of spell that out explicitly. They say that, you know, Bad Robot, first off, they were not correct about this. There was no bidding war for Bad Robot. Like, Bad Robot was not bought by WB. JJ and Bad Robot signed a contract for X amount of years to create content for WB's new streaming service, HBO Max. So the studio wasn't bought. That's false. Um, They were just. So, like, it's possible that Disney was also saying, like, hey, they're bidding with them to, to get Bad Robot to make content for Disney+, Plus, and they lost, but they didn't lose buying the studio. That's not how it went. Yeah, I, I don't think it's, oh, we want to make J.J. look bad, but I, I just think through narcissism and, you know, white guys with little penises and suits that have a lot of money— they just made JJ's life and experience miserable and just picked and picked and vulture carcassed the movie at one point in time him and Chris had in their heads. And that's the tross we got, which in the end still entertaining, but there's not anyone that can sit there and tell me that that thing was fleshed out as well as it could have been. Uh, it wasn't a rushed edit, in, in, as we've said, for the first hour or so. And that you, you kind of missed out on some really hardcore mar- uh, emotional payoffs, I, I believe, at least for me. Yeah, I mean... Uh, because a lot of stuff, it just comes at you like, bah, 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 no time, no time, no time, blah, 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 and we're here. And look, what's still impressive about this movie is that even though all of this happened to it, the movie still came out the way it did and it's still this movie has made over a billion dollars like it, the box office numbers come in weekly and up to january 1st it made 915 million by today it's over a billion dollars guaranteed so this movie has made bank and it's done what every other star wars movie other than solo which for context bob Iger decided to move like he admitted that in his own book that he decided to move that film 
it made a billion dollars just like every other Star Wars movie that Disney has created. So the fact that this movie is this good after being as skewered as it is, is impressive. And the fact that they, that they did have those moments that, that you've mentioned that I've mentioned that pull on your, you know, Star Wars emotional heartstrings is a testament to what J.J. built before the cuts. Oh, so. yeah. I, I still just reading this stuff. And as we said, I mean, you're, you're getting confirmations from Terry. Oh, yeah, it should have been two films or that just implies it should have been longer than two hours and 27, whatever the fuck it was. I mean, when we got that final runtime, you, you heard me have my little pissing party about it. I mean, that's it's ludicrous that they wanted to tell this movie technically two movies in the shorter time than the Phantom Menace or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it was insane. And I know it's just deep down the whole time. I'm sitting there like, really JJ is, is this, and it's starting to make sense now. Mm-hmm. It does. It probably wasn't JJ's call to, to have this rushed edit and this short cut, the shorter runtime uh, to not have the longest star Wars movie as a final because of the fears and the co- of the of controversy and this that and the other thing of people not wanting to sit for a long movie or if it is long and it's not glowing reviews and then people don't want to come back I don't know it just it, Bob Iger has overthunk himself to Star Wars' detriment at this point yeah and in the end we're the ones that are fucked because this has gone from something to where we were supposed to have movies and content all the way through 2021. Yeah. Like he literally, Bob Iger had confirmed like, Oh yeah, we have, we have film plans through 2021 and it got chopped. And now the, the film side at this point is Nick has, I think at this point done at least two pieces on it is it's, it's a mystery. 2022 is there, but what is it? Who's doing what? It's gone. I mean, there is no plan at this point. That that the plan that was there is gone. Yeah. So, I mean, and and here's here's good context too. And and people might not remember this, but like this type of controversy with a filmmaker and and Disney in particular, this isn't the first time we've heard about this. I mean, go back to Age of Ultron, and go back to Joss Whedon and everything that was coming out at that time. Now, I don't know because I wasn't nearly as invested in Marvel as I am in Star Wars. And I wasn't digging into the stories that were being told behind the scenes and everything like that. But a lot of, you know, pretty prominent, you know, media outlets were writing that like Joss Whedon was essentially like directed on how to make this movie on how to make that movie. And that's why he left the Avengers and left the Marvel universe is because he's like, I can't work with Disney anymore. Like they, they screwed me. Yeah, here's so some other interesting nuggets here. Again, who knows what's true or not. I guess another quote from J.J. is, the cut they released looked chopped and taped back together with weak scotch tape. I mean... Uh, on the Leia sacrifice, apparently due to the Disney cut, the ultimate sacrifice that she did made, I guess it went over some people's heads. I mean... I, it, I did have some people, like, my friend asked me, he's like, well, what happened? He was like, did, right. you know, like, did... Did she die because Ray stabbed Ben and like her like Leia put her force essence in Ben? I was like, no, it, she just sacrificed herself. Like she she let her basically she let herself die and become she, one yeah, with she the just, force. She essentially used so much power to finally crack through and reach out to him and him actually turn around and hear it. But apparently, it, it, 
JJ's cut, release the JJ cut. It was going to be a little more clear that the, the, the sacrifice she was making was going to cost her life and that, you know, she helped to manifest the, the, the vision of Han and to essentially get Kylo or Ben himself to come to the, the, the correct conclusion about his life and the quit being a fucking dickhead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mean, other things here. There's supposed to be more scenes with Rose and Ray. Yep. JJ wanted to give Rose a more meaningful arc, but that all got whacked, which probably would make sense because Disney Rose was one of the controversies. If they had control of the final cut, they would have whacked that. Apparently in the three-hour cut, we would have saw Finn actually use the Force. And I know the exact scene they're talking about is when the, they're on the outside of the Star Destroyer mm-hmm. and BB-8 has to kind of open a door for him or some shit. Yeah, it's like BB-8 does it instead of Finn. Yeah, I right. know exactly. Uh, Babu Frick, the execs wanted to cut because they thought he'd be like Jar Jar Binks. I just don't fucking get that. Like, <laughs> Well, it goes to show you how fucking dumb executives are, the, the non-creatives, as JJ said. Yeah. Uh, we're supposed to get a bunch more scenes, and I could see this, where it was just Ray and Kylo just separately now going through more quiet, reflective moments about what they're experiencing in terms of, you know, Ray realizing that she has a dark streak. Hell, she has dark side genes, essentially. And and Ben always, you know, being torn between the light and the dark. We were going to get more moments yeah, of that. Like, th- this is the moments that I was talking about in my review. And then in the, like Matt mentioned, the, the post-Tross um, reaction cast that we recorded is like, those are the moments where the movie would breathe like that. The, the movie didn't have time to breathe. They didn't have time to process anything like these moments where they're reflecting and they're sitting they're They're emotionally drained. Like that's where you get time to process things that just happened and things that are coming. So I don't know. Well, why I mean, yeah, just it. just think of a Ray moment. You got a Ray sitting there and, you know, maybe she daydreams off and we we see Palpatine's break with his son you know why weren't they why do you hate him you know, Dude, why the, the, did palpatine's son end up on jakku as just a nobody like the, the the best part for that to be done is right after she shoots fucking force lightning out of her hand and thinks that she kills chewbacca but like right. the it happens so quickly that you go from that to kajimi that like you don't even like you don't even give ray time to acknowledge that happened outside of her initial reaction when that thing blows up like there was probably a scene right there where she's contemplating, she's dreaming, she sees herself using lightning and like all of these dark thoughts come in her head. Like shit like that gives you time to appreciate what you've just seen. Um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely don't know why they would want to cut that. Like it makes no fucking sense in a right, narrative dude. storytelling fashion. But then again, Bob Iger's not a, a movie writer. He is a, a, a theme park executive. Like, yeah, he's, you know what he you know what he is. He's a jerk off. Yeah. Um, apparently, JJ was against the Raylo kiss, which I can't disagree with. I mean, honestly, I've seen it four times now. It is weird. Like, it just it doesn't seem like that should happen. Yes, they should be close to each other. Like, I felt like his nice tight hug of her was that was good. That that made sense. The the kiss. It's like I don't know. Yeah, the I mean, like, the kiss I could do with or without. I mean, it's very clear that there is a romantic relationship that's being established between those two characters, yeah, especially. Just not not right there, not at that level. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, we already knew it was there. So, I mean, 
not upset that it's in, not upset that it wasn't, if it wasn't in there. So here's the one that's this like, okay, killer. this could be some, some fan salt here, but JJ was not happy with where TLJ took the story. The final result is a mix of that story and the story told by Disney and whoever they tried to impress. Certainly not the fans, quote, JJ is gutted over the final result. That whole, yeah, this one doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, I'm sure he's not happy. I mean, yeah. where TLJ took the story, because as we've said before, and other people said it, JJ set up the, the the chess pieces, and then Ryan came in and fucking pissed all over him. Yeah, but I, I, I'm not I'm not gonna shit on Ryan's vision. I'm not shitting on JJ's. They're both artists. They're both writers. Both directors. This is this is Kathleen Kennedy. This is Lucasfilm. This is Bob Iger. Why why the fuck did we ever? think that this would be a good idea to be like okay yeah nick you write and direct the first story and guess what matt's gonna do the second one and he doesn't have to fucking read your notes yeah he can do whatever the fuck he wants and you know what the intern's gonna write the third film and he may or may not take notes from either of your two films and we'll kind of see how this cohesive trilogy turns out it's just when you say it out loud dude i don't know how anyone in that room making the money they make went yeah this is brilliant yeah i mean what they tried to do and what they failed to realize is they were they were trying to recreate what happened in the original trilogy. They saw three different directors and they were like, okay, we can do but that. They forgot there was one man yeah, behind predominantly the- working on the story. Yes. Other yeah. people helped George massage things, but George. Yeah. Like it was George Lucas and it was Lawrence Kasdan who, who built the original trilogy. And then with this one, you have, if it would have been, Directed by J.J. Abrams, directed by Ryan Johnson, directed by Colin Trevorrow, and then it was written by Lucasfilm Story Group or whoever the fuck for all three of them. Or just or just J.J. I mean, fuck it. Chris Terrio. It doesn't matter. Yeah, if it's, it's, if it's one writer that is telling and the a direct, cohesive the, narrative. The directors could have worked with the writer, but you had the writer there to sit there and slap people's hands and be like, nope, you don't get to kill Luke. Yeah, it's like, nope. hey— we you don't need get him. to do this. Yeah, we need him later. Like he's already planned to be in the last movie. Follow the act. Follow the the, the you know the beats right, that right. we have bad, established. Bad. Get, there you go. Okay, good boy, good boy. Now you're now, good girl. Now you're back in your lane. Okay, now now play in your sandbox. Yes, you can do that. Yeah, you can. Do, oh, let me check. Yeah, go ahead. You can do that too. Yeah, uh, but no, don't do that, motherfucker. I mean that you needed that. Yeah, and that's what we thought this story group was, but they're just a bunch of fucking, you know, pie fuckers doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, like they they literally, the way that it that that I heard them described is they are a living en- encyclopedia. I was like, that is completely useless. A living What's, encyclopedia. My ass, I guarantee it. <laughs> if I see Pablo and I ask him a question, like a deep dive question, motherfucker's still probably gonna have to pull something up on goddamn. Wikipedia. Yeah. I mean, the only problem that I have with this one is like JJ not happy with the story TLJ. Okay, I can see that because he definitely had his own tale that he wanted to tell. We've went over but he's that not a lot. Mope about it. I mean, no. obviously he's going to try to put he's his gonna, best foot forward and make it work. Yeah, I mean like the the final result is a mix of a story that that was told, you know, a mix of the TLJ story, that story, and the story that's told by Disney. That's just not true. And whoever they tried to impress, certainly not the fans in quotes. I mean, like this this movie is very well 
has been very well received by the by the fan base. So like, I don't know why you would put that in there. I don't know if this person just doesn't like Tross, but uh, 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 you know, a, a lot of people. I mean, it has like an 86, 87 percent on Rotten Tomatoes for the fan score. So like, not a lot of reason to believe that the fans don't like Tross. Um, Apparently, uh, my buddy Hank, the stunt guy, he found an article where someone dove into the analytics of the fan score on Rotten Tomatoes, and there were the data was so unique and odd that it was probably a lot of bot shit for Tross. Yeah, to pump up the fan reaction. I mean, it could be, but then you would have literally like just like almost identical reviews were just being posted over and over. Like the same sentences were being used by multiple different users. Yeah. I mean, you would have to do that for like every movie, though. Like, Uh, bro, what what do you think fucking Russians do? I mean, what what do you think bots are? I mean, that's all. It's so easy for a a, a bot hackers to be like, all right, here we go. Oh, yeah. In but two seconds, of, so those bots will teach themselves to create fucking a, a million accounts and drop 900 shitty reviews. Oh, yeah. I, I know. But it's just like you can't just do it in a silo. Like if you're going to do that, if you're going to do that type of analytical like review for Trost, then you have to do it for TLJ and TFA so you can compare the two and not just say, look, this one has evidence of tampering, but we didn't look at the other ones. Like just do it across the whole thing. And then I'd like respect the the research a little bit more. But you can't just say this one looks fucked up. Don't worry about the other ones. They're probably fine. Like, go the whole fucking nine yards. Well, I, I think the same thing could be said on TLJ. That the, the fan score so fucking low is also probably because of bots and the opposite. Oh, I think the, the Last Jedi fan stuff is actually really high. It's like 97% or something. Oh, like no. That. No way, dude. Get so, oh, it's this. 43%. Never mind. Yeah, see, <laughs> it's, it's like I said. They're complete opposites of each other. Yeah, so... You know what I mean? I so, mean, yes, they're, they're bots working both ways. Yeah. I mean, you just got to – it's – I don't know. Like, if that's the case, then like like we've been saying, don't ever fucking read reviews for a movie before you go see it. Always go yeah, see that, a movie that, Yeah, that, that's, that's – uh, the, the last thing here before we wrap this and move on to the top five. Uh, apparently, J.J. wanted to push for the Finpo thing, but this was another Disney, like, no way, too much controversy they'll definitely not come and see this. And I could see that 100%. I don't know if J.J. was really pushing for it or not, but I could 100% see Disney going. You want the two main dudes, one's black, one's uh, Hispanic or or Latin or Latino to, to be gay? Yeah, like, I, you remember what the people say said when they saw a black stormtrooper. You want the two leads to be gay. Also, like the the tiny kiss, the tiny lesbian kiss that happened at the celebration, is being struck. Like it's being removed from the movie in certain territories. Like oh, they're yeah, literally. Yeah. I mean, they literally would not have been able to show this movie in a lot of parts of the world. You know, uh, yeah. uh, most of the Middle East. Uh, I'd say Russia for sure, China, no way. No, yeah, like, and look. (laughs) Probably, you never know, so. And that kind of harkens to, like, one thing that I put in my, like, 2022 and beyond, what do you do? You have to please China. Like, if you want want a Star Wars box office that's going to rival Avatar, that's going to rival fucking, you know, Avengers Endgame, you need to please China. You yeah, know you're how much- saying this to Disney because in the end, I'm a fan. I don't give a fuck oh, yeah. about China. I just want good stories. I don't care if Star Wars movies make a billion dollars. I really don't. They don't need to make a billion dollars for Disney 
and everyone involved to make a lot of money. Oh yeah. I mean, a lot of times they only need to make about five hundred million, and they're still getting a lot Profitable. of fucking money. Yeah. So like, for those of for the people who care about the box office, if you want Star Wars to blow the box office out, you need to you need to win China. Well, you have to. I mean, Nick is. While it's it sucks, he is right. If we want more Star Wars, whether it's good, bad, or uh, amazing, it's got to sell. And it's got to hit numbers that the uh, accounting people at Disney have projected uh, well into the future to make Bob Iger happy and the shareholders happy. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, for those of you who... I'll, I'll link my article in it, but for, for those of you listening, here's the big thing for China... Uh, in game, eight hundred seventy eight hundred seventy million dollar U.S. box office total, six hundred and fourteen million dollars in China, second highest by a lot. That's more than the next ten territories combined. Tra- uh, TFA, TFA lifetime box office two point zero six billion dollars, highest gross- grossing Star Wars movie ever, nine hundred thirty seven million in the U.S., the highest grossing U.S. release ever, one hundred twenty four million dollars in China. That was below the UK, and China has ten times more people than the UK. Like, yeah, you if you shit. win China, if 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 TFA wins China, it's the highest grossing movie of all time by a lot. Like, it's not even close. Like that movie could have made probably a half a billion dollars more easily if China would have gravitated towards it. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's their strategy at this point. I th- maybe at this point they're just like, hey, fuck it. Let's do what we can to, to get it out of our, our known core audiences and not worry about these motherfuckers. But money drives everything in this world. And, you know, Nick is right in a sense. If, if we want Star Wars to continue on for decades, it's got to be profitable in the eyes of the scumbags, unfortunately. Yeah, it really doesn't matter what we think or what fans think or the stories we're getting. It just has to make money in the end to the people that sadly control the license yeah. and can shut down anyone else that wants to try and make stories about it. Yeah, and look, I Matt, neither Matt and I are in the camp of people that think that like Star Wars, you stop making Star Wars content. Like we think, I I think that this sequel trilogy <coughs> I'm was fucking very furious good. that we're on a break i mean it's yeah. fucking bullshit i mean it's stupid i really enjoyed the sequel trilogy did i like everything about it no did I, that, were there down points were there things that could have been improved yes but i don't i don't want to fucking burn star wars to the ground i love star wars and i love the content that's being created i love the things that are coming in the future and to think that like because of you know a, a subset of fans didn't like certain of the two movies that released in the sequel trilogy that, that you need to blow it up and, and, and just fucking put star Wars to bed forever. That's fucking ridiculous. So, well, yeah, he's trying to, to recapture the, the TFA buzz where, you know, star Wars movies were gone for what? 10 years. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's why, I mean, obviously, yeah, TFA is a really good movie, but the, the reason I think it has such a high domestic gross is because it's like, oh, fuck, it's back. Let's see if they fixed it, and it's not going to be the prequels again. And then people saw it, they're like, fucking hey, that was awesome. Yeah, it's a little little a new hope-ish, but fuck, it's not the prequels. Let's keep going. Yeah, I mean, it's... And another thing that, like, people don't realize is that Jurassic World, the first one, shattered box office records the same year 
that um, that TFA came out. And everybody was like, this box office will never be beat. Jurassic World is going to be the biggest movie of all time for, for years to come. And what fucking happens? TFA comes out and destroys it. The, like, Jurassic World made $652 million domestically, and it was super up there. But like, what that just goes to show you is that like, when these old properties like Star Wars and like Jurassic World get reintroduced into society people come in droves to see it so like when this new high republic era movie comes out it's not going to have this it's not going to happen that way like the the film is not going to get that type of reception because people are used to star wars being back again and i don't think that there is a franchise that can do that now like there's no movie franchise that can come back and make nearly a billion dollars in one country because there's nothing that's had the rest that Star Wars had post prequels and nothing that has the fan base that Star Wars has. Like there's there's nothing left. So if you get rid of Star Wars like what the, like I just don't understand what people are expecting. Like it's just so weird. Dude, people are weird. People suck. Welcome again to 2020. It's <laughs> only going to get worse from here, my friend. <laughs> I mean, as we've been talking, we, we've got missiles being launched at bases in Iraq. This is no joke. No, so, yeah, I saw that. It's I mean, shit's, shit's getting real, way more real than Star Wars, wherever it will be. But that's why we like it, because it's fake and we can pretend that all this crazy shit isn't going on. But in the end, the moral of the story of this conversation we've just gone on here about release the J.J. Cut. And by the way... It's probably not going to happen, my friends. Yeah. And this isn't me sitting there trying to be condescending, like, oh, you fucking, you guys are stupid. No. I believe there is a JJ cut, just like I believe there is a Snyder cut, but I also believe in in companies like Warner Brothers and Disney that have billions and billions and billions of dollars and tons and tons and tons of lawyers. We're, we're not going to see the shit unless they feel like making a quick cash grab. So yeah. uh, we're never going to see the supposed three-hour cut we maybe, maybe, if Disney really wants to get people back in the theaters, we, we might get the two-hour and 37-minute cut. But I, I, I highly doubt that. I think at best they would do something like they did with Endgame and maybe you know add a scene back in that's not even fucking finished with VFX. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. fucking call it a day. The only thing, like, they're obviously with this whole slew of rumors being out there, some people are, you know, pseudo reporting. I don't know if there's any sort of confirmation behind this, but that Disney plans to do like a, you know, a endgame style re-release for theaters and add in some more time, but then the Disney Plus cut will add in even more time. So I don't know how much they if this is even true, this is probably not true, but like what would you add for the theatrical? What would you add for the Disney Plus? Is then your question, but yeah, I, I agree with you. It's highly unlikely. Uh, it that just, we get it. I, I really think this is going to be another release the Snyder Cut movement where it's just, it's a fan movement. And it'll remain a fan movement and it's just never going to happen. It's because if they release it, they're essentially admitting fault. They're saying, we fucked up and this is what we should have given you. Well, oh, yeah, especially at this point, they can't do it. Yeah, like they, they would look because like. I mean, if they, just think about it, people. If they release a cut. And it's a million times better. I, I mean, I would almost riot over that. Yeah. 
I would go riot. I'd be like, what the fuck's wrong with you motherfuckers? Yeah, like... Like, who watched <laughs> this cut and said, you know what? Fuck that. Let's let's cut all oh, that awesome shit out and let's carve this up, stitch it back together. And that's what we're going to peddle to these bozos, Matt and Nick, in Star Wars Time Nation. I mean, what the fuck? So, it, it, you're not going to get it. The movie you got is the movie you got. The only, the only person that fucks with Star Wars movies is George motherfucking Lucas. And guess what? He's not allowed to anymore. Yeah, that's so in the contract. <laughs> you're not getting any extended version of Tross. Yeah. And if we do, thank fucking God I'm always wrong. Okay? <laughs> All right, man. Let's, let's go ahead and try to round this cast out. We got one more segment to go, and that is a segment that most of you are clicking into right now because you don't love us unless we love you. I get it. I get it. But that's fine. It is time for the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. As chosen by yours truly, Nick Caminita. I am here. This is the first 2020 top five of the week. I mean, this is a good time to be here because our previous, our shafted top five, as we called it, Held the record. It held the record for the, the image. Five. The shafted five. It held the record for the image with the most likes ever on the Star Wars Instagram feed. Now that record has been beaten already. So th- yeah, they truly are. They just, you know, they, they are the downtrodden. They are. But Nick shafts them, and now he is, <laughs> as they're down, he is kicking their balls. Kicking one them more away. Time. I will say that that top five had two, uh, two images with over a thousand likes. This one only has one. But. All of the images here are worth over a thousand likes and more. So let's right. kick just off. Just blame it on IG. Fuck you, yeah. IG. You the asshole. IG algo is is a little wonky at times, but there's one algo to rule them all. Uh, it is, but one image to rule them all here. First up with Black Series, yeah. our old friend coming back to the top five. And and Matt, you have to tell me. What we see here is a slave. This is one. all fucking layers, by the way. So this figure, it's it's from the Star Wars. It's like a toy ship game. I think you see them at Barnes and Nobles and shit. Okay, they're like these really highly detailed game pieces. Okay. Yeah. And um, it, so it's tiny. I mean, it might be the size of a matchbox, a little bigger than that. What we're looking at, my friends, is a Slave One. Yeah. Okay, if you're not watching on video here, if you're just watching <laughs> pulled up on the site. We're looking at the Slave One, and Zay Black Series has a planet behind it. But even the planet he created in, I don't know if it's After Effects or just Photoshop. But to get this finished look, I would say there's probably, at minimum, 15 layers God. to this image in terms of... You know, that, that soft light on the left side of the canopy, that could be a layer. Where the brighter light on the other side of the slave, that could be a layer. Uh, the fucking lens flare is a layer. The purple hue on the planet could be a layer. Like, uh, the bokeh bubbles could be a layer. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is, this is the, t- the type of shit to me. It's like, my God, I, I don't even have a brain that would sit there and be like, okay, yeah, take some light here on this side and this side at the top over here over here over here over here and then when you layer them all together it's going to look like this no way yeah like this is something that that like the true masters understand this is like mega composition and like zay black series at blksrs on instagram like he he is a master of of the art form and like this dude is you know 
he's the best of the best when it comes to yeah, these the, types his of composite stuff his layered like stuff like this where he's creating almost everything the background and and just the the lighting for the subject it's insane but even even when he throws down i'm about to feature a shot probably later this week he literally just has a first order trooper standing on what looks like probably concrete in a garage uh, with almost no lights and a bright light to the uh, to the side of him, but the way Black Series shoots and the way he can edit and the way he uh, just masterfully stitches this shit together in Photoshop, it, it ends up looking like a work of art. Yeah, I mean, if there was a Star Wars time like Mount Rushmore of of you know toy photographers, I mean, we we already have our two goats with everything Kylo and, and Sir Dork, so those would be on there. Black Series would probably be on there. Then you would have to have like a like a duel to the death for the fourth spot, or we just put fucking five people on our Mount yeah, Rushmore. Yeah, we we would have to increase ours. I mean, Papa almost was, has to be on there just on say, the amount of features. Yeah, yeah, like it's between if we had to put a fourth and it had only be four, it would be between Papa and one six. And like Trevor is a master, and so is is Papa. I mean, it's it's tough to figure out who yeah, would well, be. Star Wars time Rushmore. It, it, we could expand it. Yeah, we it could, could definitely we can have, have a few more faces than whatever the fuck we do in real life. Yeah. So but if we, yeah, I mean, Black Series for sure. I mean, he's he's one of just personal favorite accounts to look at, and and just the way IG is, uh, you know, I'm not on it all day long, so I'm not catching all of his new shots, which means I don't have the ability to like his new shots, which means IG just thinks I don't want to see any of his shit anymore <laughs> ever. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fucking joke, people. That's really... how it works. Trust me. If you post something and it doesn't get, as Nick said, like a surge of likes within a predetermined amount of time. It is dead. Yeah, it, it just kind of falls. I dead. mean, literally falls under the radar. Like there is a radar. Maybe five percent of your followers will see it. Maybe. Yep. If you want to, so. that that there's a whole article on StarWarsTime.net about the IG algorithm. For those of you listening yeah. who may be in the toy photography realm, go check it out. If you are wondering why your shots aren't getting as many um, likes as they are, you can just type in um, Instagram algorithm into starwarstime.net and it should pop up um they could just suck like some of mine but (laughs) a lot of times it is ig kicking you right in your anus yep sorry black series at blksrs on instagram the dude is an absolute master so make sure to give him a follow next up is a really fucking fun, cool shot from Mark Walker photo. And it's it's a semi-scene recreation from Tross. And what we see is Ray floating in the air, you know, Jedi meditation style with the rocks floating around her. And she has kind of BB-8 looking up at her. The only difference from the actual scene recreation is there's not like a second layer of rocks rotating the other way. But I thought that this was a super cool like the way that he's got it posed, the way that the rocks are placed around her, they're not like all straight. They're all kind of off kilter, making it look like she's using the force. The way that BBH looking up at her is really cool. And just the environment for this shot is it really makes Ray pop. I really like it. Yeah, man. What, what initially got me to market to be featured again, I'm the idiot that scans the hashtag star Wars time show, which you should be using in all your motherfucking posts and tagging us. I'm the one that kind of scrolls through it every morning and, and looks for shots to throw up there for the almighty Nick God to select for the top five. 
And uh, this one is it's that natural bokeh that that snagged my eyes. I mean, mm-hmm. if you just look behind Ray, what Mark got there with light just coming through tree leaves is fucking stunning. I, I mean, I love bokeh shots. I used to do a ton of it when I just did pops and I was just learning shooting outside. I mean, really, this shot reminded me of where I started shooting outside and how much I miss sometimes just getting out there not fucking worrying about setups or backgrounds or having prop pieces and just fucking plopping a figure down in hell your yard down the street in a parking lot at a creek and shooting it and seeing what type of um, background nature can give you Uh, so I I love that he got that bokeh pop there from that, that tree yeah truly truly cool shot here by mark walker photo and if you go to his feed too he's got a new shot up there i don't know if you posted posted it five hours ago um of fucking c3po doing a like a kickflip on a skateboard looks pretty sick so yeah that's i mean everyone (laughs) again because i suck but almost every star wars toy photographer has done a skateboarding shot uh, because they're cool i mean it's just they're cool especially with c3po yeah i love it <laughs> fucking looks look, really at the, look at the troopers back there like what i the know it's like one of them's got like his head it's like scratching his head like yeah, what the hell's like, going what on what the fuck <laughs> it's good dude so uh at mark walker photo on instagram good stuff um next up is is kind of floating back into matt's old realm a little bit and it is a photo from another matt at matt jessup on yeah, there instagram. you go how about this a a funko pop squad shot yeah and, uh, I don't know, man. They, like I said, I don't collect them anymore, but they they still catch my eye here and then in, in the photography. And just I, I do still like the chibi aesthetic. But Matt Jessup is one of the better pop guys out there, especially at staging. And, and you can see that. I mean, look look at the. I mean, he's got like shit thrown down the table there. It looks like fuck. It looks like cookie topping. It does. Almost. I mean, like he's definitely going <laughs> for a crate vibe with like the red. Yeah, and everything like that. Yeah, but what we're talking <laughs> about here is a group of it's all the Knights of Ren, and yeah. they just they're placed properly. You know, I like how he has them staged. You got some slightly out of focus up there on a platform. You got the others are standing. They're almost doing the pose like they do in the movie. Their big scene in the movie where you know JJ brought in a helicopter to circle around them for that villain shot, and that's about you know all they do. Yeah. Uh, but I just yeah I just I like a a good pop shot especially when you get more than one in there because a lot of times just a solo pop is hard to make pop if you will so when you get multiple in there you know I feel like there're a bunch of little people are gonna come out here and start talking to me <laughs> no I'm not on drugs oh man but yeah I mean the, the the level of detail he put in was pretty fun too like the little special effect for the guy far on the far left gave him a little glow to his his rod his weapon is really cool and yeah I mean there's a very limited amount of things that you can do with a pop in terms of like you know posing and stuff like that but you know the way that that Matt Jessup has these uh set up really does kind of give I mean, you honestly, that, he, he that deserves time. a medal just for prying all the goddamn bases off their fucking I was going to ask you that. I was like, did they come, like, did the bases come off well, easily? If you look at the lead guy, right? See yeah. how his toe is kind of pointed up a little bit? Yeah. I guarantee that's from where Matt was jamming a knife under his fucking foot to pry him off. <laughs> guarantee it. That's the only way you can get him off, dude. I used to have to soak their fucking asses in boiling water to loosen up the glue. 
Sometimes they just pop off. Other times you're in there basically trying to send yourself to the emergency room, stabbing at a little pop's plastic feet, trying to, you know, fulcrum or lever the fucking thing off. Jesus Christ. But I mean, That's one of the biggest reasons I, I don't collect or shoot them anymore. I have a bunch of pops that, you know, through the smuggler's bounty or whatever, I just, I refuse to shoot because of the fucking base at this point, so. Jesus, well. Fuck you, Funko, you dumb assholes. Congratulations to at Matt Jessup. Yeah, for sorry, Matt. <laughs> didn't mean to get all angry during your segment there. It is a great shot. I just, those fucking bases on these things. And their spring heads. Stupid. Yeah. Stupid. Well, you know, it's good enough for the top five. It's good enough for us and Matt Jessup, at Matt Jessup on instagram m-a-t-t-j-e-s-s-u-p um next up is a it's another it's this is a really fucking cool tross recreation shot um as well this is coming from shooting the galaxy and it is of the scene that makes me cry every time i see it it's when the fucking fleet comes in at the end of the movie to save the fucking day Post sitting there in his X-Wing. He's listening to all the people fucking dying around him. They're like, what do we do, Poe? What do we do? And he's like, I think it's over, guys. I think we lost. And then fucking Lando comes in with the entire fleet behind him. You get that shot that shows all the ships, and that is the recreation that we have from shooting I, the dude, galaxy. I mean, this is one of the most stunning toy recreations of a movie scene I've ever witnessed. And that's why I kind of scolded myself in, in our caption uh, I just said we are ashamed to admit that we missed this at shooting the galaxy creation initially, but we are now fixing that. I mean, th- this thing is a goddamn masterpiece, and I assume Hot Wheels or Micro Machine toy photography. Uh, I mean, I believe all these ships are legit toys that he has staged up here. Man, that go- where did he get that ghost from? Uh, like the uh, fucking Hot Wheels, dude. I mean, they, they make... You can probably go get all the ships from this movie now in die-cast form from Hot Wheels or, or a a similar uh, a similar manufacturer. Wow. And they always make uh, the little tiny ships. So that's what I mean. It's just fucking nuts. I, I don't know. Were all these things hanging by, like, fishing strings somewhere, and he threw up a background on a computer or on a TV? Uh, but, my God, it's just... I can't stop staring at it now. It's it, it almost has me in a trance. Yeah, I know. It's like when I saw this, there was no way that this wasn't making it into my top five because of how much this scene hits me emotionally. Right, dude. I, I mean, it, it is like, a it is the definition of an eye catcher. I mean, as soon as you see it, it's hard to take your retinas back off of it. I mean, it's just, it's it's almost like pulling me into my screen right now. Oh yeah, I mean. Look, shooting the galaxy. I know you're a big account, almost twelve thousand followers on Instagram. If you happen to be listening to this, let us know how you did it. Is there fishing string here? Are these all uh, Hot Wheels? Hey, he gave us yeah. a shout. He gave us a shout out in his year end post. Oh, nice. I thought that was slick. If you read oh, there it, we go. I also want to thank comment here. My photos. Yeah, yeah, big we, and small. we made it there. Backs, I mean, boxing. hell, we're in there with the big boy there. Star Wars: The Black Series. He he's like the master Star Wars toy photography share, but it's just. Black Series figures, not yeah. like us or, or art, but, I mean, look at that. Yeah, 122,000 uh, followers. followers. And He's then another we're Matt, there, too. You know, it just kind of happens. Yeah. You know, Matt Cohen, thank you for the shout-out, sir. We really appreciate it, and we appreciate the art that you make. 
And yes, yeah, that's like, for fucking sure. I mean, yeah, this shot I mean, is just, <laughs> oh my god, it is. Like it, it just fucking brings me back to that scene. Like it, it pulls me it, right fucking into it. It doesn't seem like it should be possible with with toys of that size, but he pulled it off. Oh so. yeah, beautiful. So at shooting the galaxy on Instagram, absolutely fantastic job. And now getting to the new most liked photo on the Star Wars Time Instagram oh, yeah. feed. He cheated. He used Baby Yoda. I mean, he he did use Baby Yoda. And he also, this is, this is the first um, non-toy photograph that we've shared to get over 1,000 likes. And it is of Baby Yoda. It's technically two. So what we the first one we have is is Baby Yoda dressed in the Mando's outfit, and this is all. Yeah, I, I had to share them both. I mean, yeah. these are uh, Frangle Art. This is who we're talking about. Yes, I mean, he Frangle had Art. these. He had these at um, individual posts. Was like, you know, I don't typically like to just. Basically, I'm a lazy asshole. <laughs> so I took his his Baby Yoda and Mando Beskar armor and his Moff Gideon with dark saber. And just did a, a multi-post here. And, and and both of them are absolute gems in their own right. I mean, I, clearly I led with the Baby Yoda. I would have been a moron not to. But the Gideon is, is just as precise and pristine and uh, perfect. I, I mean, I just love this dude's style. He has a very unique style. It's not a uh, comic book. It's not full-on cartoon. It's not full-on children's style, but it, it's kind of a hybrid of all those. Yeah, it's like it's, it's a good mix. I mean, it's definitely, you know, digital painting. For those of you who are wondering, like, if it's not a toy pick, what is it? It's, you know, digital painting, you know, vector. I wouldn't call it vector illustration because it's got a little bit more ambiguity than, like, traditional vector. And, like, yeah, I'm, the lines animation. aren't that straight to be vector yeah i mean i think so. our, our buddy super scoundrels a vector artist yeah vector is definitely super scoundrels um forte but this guy i mean like the way that he got in the shadowing on the figures the way that he got the details in the eyes the details in the armor even though you aren't working with like a realistic like a re, uh, uh, realism style of, of of art here i mean the fact that he has the the signet, the mudhorn signet on there, that he's got the the mythosaur chain on Baby Yoda. I mean, everything about this image is just. I mean, dude, just great. Baby Yoda in a fucking Mandalorian armor set. That's it. Yeah, that's all you need to do. I, I shared. I don't know if it would have been in your candidates for this week, but there's one. I think he's, he's something like Urban Shogun Comics or something. But he did another one, but with the helmet on. It's just fuck. It's just as badass looking. Yeah, this it's one, not as adorable, but it's more badass. Yeah, that, that one. God, yeah, that one is also fucking super. I'm looking at it now. It's super sick. But like, <laughs> it, it just goes to show you, like the IG algo, like this this really awesome photo, and I'll just call it out now. It's it's Urban Shogun Comics, um, 112 likes. Um, and then Frangle Art here, worth every like thirteen hundred and four likes on this image of of Baby Yoda, and then also the Moff Gideon, the dark saber that Moff Gideon's holding in that second image is crazy detailed. Like that's such a good job of of creating that. Yeah, we we say it all the time. We sound like idiots because we're not professionals, you know, students of art, but. The toy photography stuff is freaking amazing. I, I guess because I do it a little bit, clearly not as good as people like Black Series and Shooting the Galaxy. I'm like, okay, I see where that comes from. The art stuff, because I can't even remotely color in the lines or draw a straight fucking line, it's it's magic to me. It's not real. I don't get it. 
it doesn't compute. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's, it's completely mind-blowing how people do it's this. It's fucking insane. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing like people can sit down and just start making a song or some shit. It's like, okay, fuck you. Yeah. Why I, didn't I get any of this shit? What did I get? Yeah, we got the ability to talk for two hours. Yeah, right. <laughs> we had the motivation to do a fucking Star Wars podcast that a, you know, a couple hundred people listen to. That's yeah. it. <laughs> but at Frangle Art, um, F-R-A-N-G-L-E-A-R-T, all one word, on Instagram. I mean, it's a killer image. And this guy, like, he's clearly a fantastic digital artist, illustrator. I mean, if you go on his thing, he's got one that he shared – uh, today, yesterday, of he, he lives in the Cayman Islands, and it's a fucking Darth Revan, sick as fuck, series. Oh yeah, from don't the worry, I, I've got I've got his uh, old or middle aged Kenobi and his Revan in the queue to share. Oh I mean, yeah, the dude's oh, yeah. a fucking Mac dad. Yeah, so mm-hmm. even a Cal Kestis he threw in here too. I mean, the guy is an absolute killer. Oh, so. I mean, look at look at Siri, look at Geralt. I mean, it doesn't matter. Look look at Han getting Han, ready to go down. Dude, that one is wow. Just like wow. I said, just scroll through the page. That you hear what Nick's doing? I mean, he's essentially ejaculating all over himself, <laughs> and it's okay. I mean, that's what that's what this type of art does. That's yeah, that's what good art does. Is it's just like you look at it and you're like, holy shit! Man. I really do. I mean, I'm not lying. One of my, if not my favorite thing about being a a fan of geeky shit is art. Yeah, fan art in particular. It just, it's insane that people create this with their fucking hands. Yep. And I mean, that brings us to the end of our top five. All of these people here are fucking killers. Black Series, Mark Walker photo, Matt Jessup shooting the galaxy, Frangle Art. Beautiful, beautiful stuff this week. And it, it's a good kickoff to 2020. I'm looking forward to, to like the growth of our Instagram community and seeing what other art and other artists that we share this year. I mean, we had such a huge growth in, in 2019. I feel like 2020 is going to bring some serious heat. Oh, yeah. So. No, we're, we'll, we'll go right on up. And that's through the help of the IG community, the mm-hmm. Facebookers. Um, we're getting some new followers over there and, and some interaction over there, too. And as we usually do about this time of a show, we can't stress enough the interaction and, and how much it helps us not only personally, but also through the internets and the algorithms and the search engines. Trust me, the more the people like and rate, review and comment and share the Star Wars Time Show on iTunes, on Spotify, tune in, whatever, the higher it's going to climb up the ranks when someone searches for Star Wars podcast or a Star Wars theme podcast, best Star Wars podcast. That's what we're looking for. And you all can do that by going to StarWarsTime.net on a daily basis, I might add. See what type of new content's out there because pretty much every day outside of maybe one day on the weekend, there's going to be at least one new post. It could be new art. It could be a rumor. It could be speculation. It could be a video. It could be one of Nick's essays. You just never know. That's why you got to go to Star Blah, 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 blah. Sorry, I'm getting excited here. We put a lot of work in this stuff. I get excited sometimes. So StarWarsTime.net. Do the dance. Click around. Subscribe to the podcast. I just added some new platforms. I believe we are live on Deezer at this point. So if you're on Deezer and you've been saying, why aren't these motherfuckers on Deezer? Well, guess what? We're now on Deezer. We've also submitted to iHeart and Pandora. So hopefully those come through uh, sooner than later. But, um, you know, there's always time for Star Wars time, right? So help your buddies out. No money required. Just likes. 
just ratings, reviews, and pass it along. Learned from our friend Greg Bird. He's getting very good at the dance. All right, my friends. Remember, if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you always. Yeah.